Each Friday evening, families around the world begin the celebration of Shabbat. For many, the evening includes favorite foods, company for dinner, special songs, and blessings. This week, we've got a playlist featuring stories all about Shabbat. And if you like what you hear, be sure to visit our other shows. Just search PJ Library or PJ Library Presents wherever you listen to podcasts to find more Shabbat stories. Now, let's get ready to visit Harry and Betty. Maybe we'll meet some of their neighbors, too. Harry and Betty live in a tiny ranch house on a tiny cul-de-sac in a teeny tiny town. They have very little money, but a whole lot of love. All you need is love. And a strong cup of coffee every morning. (laughs) That's the truth, my love. Good morning, my beautiful, handsome Harry. And good morning to you, my beautiful Betty. If you can't tell, Harry and Betty start every day with a lot of laughter. (laughs) And sometimes we have omelets, too. And every night, as they got into bed, they would reach to each other for a bedtime smooch. Good night, my beautiful Betty. Good night, my handsome Harry. (laughs) Good night, everybody. See you tomorrow. The neighborhood where Harry and Betty lived was so tiny that if someone coughed one morning, the person next door could hear it, and the doctor would show up that afternoon. (laughs) Herschel, are you sneezing again? No, Aggie, it's just allergies. Everyone knew everyone else's business. This was usually okay. Everyone trusted everyone else, after all. But Harry and Betty were very poor. So poor, in fact, that they couldn't even afford the flour and eggs needed to make challah for Shabbat. (laughs) We're so poor, we got married for the rice. (laughs) At least we're rich in laughter. (laughs) If only jokes would pay the light bill. But seriously, we'll be all right. And our neighbors will all have enough on their minds. Each of them has their own problems and families to think about. We don't want anyone to worry about us. You know, we'd be happy to pitch in for you to have some challah for Shabbat. Oh, nonsense. You've got this whole crew to think about and feed. Don't you even. We'll be just fine. We've already said too much. Come on, Betty. We've got to get Shabbat dinner started. What are we having tonight? Same thing as last night. Beans. (laughs) Oh, and there's Harry and Betty's neighbor, Lizzie. Hi, Lizzie. How are you? Doing well, just checking in on Harry and Betty. How are you two? Need anything? We're well, Lizzie. Let's have coffee and catch up tomorrow morning. Sounds great. I'll see you then. As Lizzie walked away, Harry and Betty went back inside their own home. Once the door was shut, Betty turned to Harry. Oh, Harry, Lizzie has so much on her plate already. I don't want her to worry about us, too. And she does worry about us. I may have let slip that we haven't been able to afford a challah for our table. Oh, Harry, you didn't. Really? Mm. Harry, Betty, we'd be more than happy to... I've got an idea, Betty. It's a little bit off the wall, but if it works, then Lizzie won't be checking up on us all the time. I'm listening. Harry disappeared into the backyard for a second and came back with a small pile of sticks. Here's what I'm thinking. Just hear me out. We'll pop these sticks in the oven so it will look like something's cooking. And even though we don't have enough flour to make challah, we can sprinkle some in the oven to get a nice bread smell going. And we can light that bakery-scented candle your mom gave us for Hanukkah. I'll put it in the window with a fan. And everyone in the neighborhood will think we're baking. 
And they'll stop checking up on us. Harry, Betty, I am appealing to your reason. We have caterers. I'm more than happy to... And so for the next few weeks, every Friday, Harry would pile some twigs in the oven, Betty would light the candle, and they would pretend that they were baking bread. And the strange thing was, the smell coming from their kitchen was really wonderful. Lizzie and Betty still took a walk together on Saturday mornings, but Lizzie didn't worry so much about Betty and Harry anymore. If I'm honest, I don't like watching my beautiful Betty go hungry. On Friday nights, we have the glow of candles, and we say the blessings together, but I'd like to give her a nice holla, too. I can hear her tummy growling at night. Then Harry had an idea. Oh, I bet old Tom at the co-op would let me barter some fresh-caught fish for some groceries. He's always cutting deals like that, and I know he's been short on fish lately. That's it! So Harry ran inside to grab his fishing pole and give Tom at the market a call. As it turned out, Tom was more than happy to employ Harry. So for the next week, Harry got up early every morning to fish and brought his catch in to Tom's market. Psst. Just taking a break from the story to enjoy the views while Harry does some fishing. It's so quiet and beautiful at the lake here. It's miraculous. And speaking of... Long, long ago, there was a great and wise rabbi, Hanina Bendosa. Unlike other rabbis, he was known for making miracles. One of the most famous involved a bundle of twigs transforming into an oven full of bread. To learn more, and to find Betty's favorite challah recipe, visit gotastorypodcast.com. Okay, time to get back to the action. Ooh, nice catch, Harry! Betty was working on a surprise of her own. I took this free class at the library and learned all about selling handmade items online. Well, I've got a whole pile of doilies and scarves I've knit over the years just to keep my hands busy. And people love them. I just shipped out my first order. Now I can surprise Harry with some eggs for Hala. If things go well enough, maybe I'll even be able to spring for a chicken to roast. And so every night after Harry went to sleep, Betty stayed up late packaging doilies, knitting scarves, and putting together orders for her shop. At the end of the week, Harry was out front trimming the grass when Lizzie stopped by. Wow, Harry, your holla smells even better than before. What is your secret? Oh, uh, a baker never tells. Oh, how embarrassing. We've had to cut back a bit. Lizzie, would you like to come in and have a cup of tea? Now, as far as Harry knew, they only had twigs in the oven. But he couldn't bear to see Lizzie hungry, and he knew that he and Betty would always find a way to share what they had with others. Oh, Lizzie, is that you? Come on in and sit for a minute. You look exhausted. Are the kids keeping you up? So Harry and Betty invited Lizzie inside. The house smelled amazing. Harry's stomach rumbled. As he walked into the kitchen to put the kettle on for Lizzie's tea, he took a look at the oven, and he couldn't believe what he saw. Inside, there were two beautiful, perfect golden loaves of challah, more than enough to share with Lizzie and her family, and they were ready to come out and cool. Lizzie, why don't you call Morgan to bring the kids over? We can all enjoy Shabbat together. 
And so that evening, Harry and Betty hosted Lizzie and her family. They lit the candles, said the blessings together, and shared the beautiful loaves of challah together. After dinner, the kids sang while Lizzie played guitar, and Harry told stories that he'd learned from his Zeta. What a wonderful evening! It is so nice to have company for a change. After everyone had left for the night, Harry turned to Betty. Betty, I expected to find twigs in the oven today, but there were two loaves of bread. How in the world? Well, did... it was the strangest thing. I went down to Tom's to pick up some eggs earlier. I figured that even if we couldn't make challah, at least we could maybe boil some eggs and have a nice little Shabbat picnic. When I got home, I was looking for something in the cupboard and was surprised to find a big bag of flour and some yeast. <laughs> I thought I was dreaming at first, but the flour was there, and it was good. So, I made some bread. <laughs> oh, my wonderful Betty! Where did that flower come from? Well, where did you come up with the money for eggs? <laughs> <laughs> so Betty told Harry about her new business, and Harry, in turn, explained that he'd been fishing for Tom, the market owner, every morning, and had bartered for a sack of flour. Betty and Harry laughed and laughed. As the weeks went on, they were able to save more money and share with more of their neighbors. Now, every Friday night. Lizzie, her family, and all of the other neighbors gather in the middle of the cul-de-sac for a Shabbat community dinner. Oh, hey! By the way, it's Friday afternoon. You're welcome to stay for dinner tonight. There's more than enough, and you'll probably get some good stories for your project. Oh, thank you! That sounds amazing. Speaking of which, Harry, we've got to get our bread in the oven, or it won't cool in time. Right. We'll see you all tonight. Bye, Bye for now. See you soon. Incredible meal with Harry, Betty, and their neighbors that night. And if you're wondering, Harry kept fishing. Eventually, he opened up his own stand and then a food cart. It sold the best fish and chips in town. Betty's crocheted doilies became so popular that she was able to hire her neighbor Lizzie to help run her shop. Together, Betty, Lizzie, and Harry also started a neighborhood food pantry so that no one would ever have to worry about having enough for dinner on Shabbat. Or any night of the week. Today, we travel back in time to the year 1909 to visit the best Jewish bakery in the small European town of Rosgart. Rosgart is known as a friendly town. Hi, Rita. It is a neighborly town. Hey, Rita. We expect you for Shabbat dinner. But most important to this story, Rosgart has the best and well only Jewish bakery in the county. Welcome to Jacob's Bakery, everyone. Mmm, the smell of baking halots is everywhere. And what's this? Fresh from the oven? Mmm. 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 Mmm, cinnamon babka. Oh, mm. Jacob's Bakery has the best babka I've ever had, and I've had a lot of babka. Jacob runs his bakery with Ira, his ten-year-old son. How's it going, guys? Hi, Rita. Busy as always. Yeah, today's Friday. 
My dad always says, No, no naps, naps on, on Fridays! Fridays. I was going to say that. You might want to move away from the door, Rita. In ten seconds, this place will be flooded with the townspeople of Rosgard, who need their special hollas before sundown. Really? Trust me. Ah, oh, pardon me. Um, ow, my toe. Did I mention this is the best and only Jewish bakery in town? One raisin holla for the Lewis family. Enjoy. Tell little Maya I made this one extra raisiny for her. One classic egg holla for the Berkowitzes. I hope you like it. I know you will. Oh, Mr. Fine, your mother-in-law's in town this weekend. Of course I didn't forget. Two halot for you. Ira, son, can you wrap up two of our finest halot for Mr. Fine? And choose wisely. Mrs. Fine's mother is very particular about the brownness of her halla's crust. Particular how? Just particular. Maybe I should pick. Dad, how do you remember everyone's orders this week? When you're the best Jewish bakery in all of Rosgart, you gotta stay on top of your game. Well, we're the only Jewish bakery in Rosgart, so... That might be true now, but who knows what the future holds. When Jewish bakeries start popping up around every corner here, we want people to stay loyal to us. And how do we do that? By baking the finest, That's freshest, right. most delicious challah. That's By baking the challah. finest, freshest, most delicious challah! And babka. I love your babka. I was going to say all that. Then you're going to need to be a little quicker. Remember, you're taking over the bakery someday. Mrs. Lisbon, wonderful to see you again. Of course I have your honey holla, lightly sprinkled with sesame seeds just the way you... And that's how it is at Jacob's Bakery every Friday afternoon. In fact, to have enough fresh bread for Shabbat, Jacob and Ira have to start baking very, very early each Friday morning. Here, I'll show you. Let's fast forward to next Friday. It's almost four in the morning. Next Friday, which is, which is this Friday. Sorry, it's early. Outside, it's still dark and cold, but inside the bakery, Oh, it's bright and warm already. How's it coming on those cinnamon halouts, son? <sighs> it's coming. Remember, Mrs. Leibowitz likes hers. Cinnamony, but not too cinnamony. I know. Good. And for the Zimmers? <sighs> Two egg halout because they like the leftovers for making, making into, into bread, bread pudding. pudding after Shabbat. I was just about to say that. I hear a lot of yawning, but I don't hear a lot of kneading. Hey, Dad, it's raining. I think a big storm is coming. And I think your braids look a little sloppy, Ira. Sorry, Dad, but still... Forget it. As Jacob and Ira work, the rain continues to fall. Harder and louder. Dad... It's really coming down out there. Just use a little less water in the dough to account for the extra moisture in the air. Okay, but... Maybe a lot less water. Wow, this is quite a storm. I'm glad the bakery roof doesn't leak. So as the rain rages outside, Jacob and Ira knead and braid and bake all day. 
And later that afternoon, when all the halots are cooled on their racks, as suddenly as it started, the rain simply stops. And look at all that beautiful bread. Nice job, Ira. We've helped create another wonderful Shabbat for Roscard. Well, time to open shop. I'll just get the door. It was true that Jacob and Ira's hard-working baking halots helped create a nice Shabbat for the town. But Jacob didn't realize just how much rain had fallen in the storm. And when he opened the door to the bakery, well... Ah! Ah! The bakery's flooding. Dad! Ira, quick! Help me close the door! (sighs) Maybe we should have looked out of the window first. Look at that! The whole town is covered in water! And we're trapped in here with a million halote. Well, at least we won't go hungry. Sure wish we'd baked a few chocolate chip cookies to go along with the bread, though. Ira, you think we're just gonna sit around while this town goes breadless on Shabbat? Remember, we aren't just the best Jewish bakery. We are the only Jewish bakery in Rosgard. Why, Maya Lewis looks forward to raising Hala every week. She'll be heartbroken. And if Mr. Fine's mouth isn't full of Hala at the dinner table, he'll never be able to hold his tongue around his mother-in-law. What do we do, Dad? What do we do? We save Shabbat! What makes Shabbat so special for the Jewish people? The Jewish day of rest, Shabbat, begins at sundown on Friday evening and ends on Saturday when the three stars appear in the evening sky. While families, like the ones mentioned in this story, observe the Sabbath in many ways, traditionally people gather for a dinner on Friday night, a lunch on Saturday afternoon, and attend services. Shabbat is a time for being with family and friends, enjoying guests, and relaxing too. Although, as that rain gets heavier, I'm not so sure this particular Sabbath will be as restful as Jacob and Ira are used to. To learn more about Shabbat traditions, including why we eat challah, visit pjlibrary.org Shabbat. Now, let's put on our raincoats and jump back into the story. I'm just, I'm just going to grab another quick bite of the babka too while I'm here. Mm. This babka is so good. They really are the best Jewish bakery in town. So, we're saving Shabbat? How? Um, I haven't quite figured that part out yet. Do you have any ideas? Well, what if... Never mind! I'm sure I'll think of something. But that's a lot of water between our bakery and everyone who needs challah. Too bad we don't have a boat. Jacob was right. The town was so flooded, the only way to go into town to make sure everyone's halot were delivered before sundown was to go door to door by... A barrel! A barrel? What's a barrel? A boat is a barrel. I mean, a barrel is a boat. What if, and I'm not positive it'll work, but what if we used our empty water barrel as a boat? Hmm. Maybe it would work. We could grab the biggest barrel we have. And load it up with everything we need to save Shabbat. First, the barrel. Let's move it to the window. Uh, uh, uh. A little closer. Then... uh. 
Hey, Rita, help us lift this thing out of the window. Me? Um, oh, sure. I hadn't planned to actually be in the story, but I mean, Grab I... Grab the bottom. <sighs> Grab the bottom? It's heavy. Quick. <sighs> <sighs> okay. Okay. <sighs> Almost, Almost there. there. I've got my, I've got my end. Do you have yours? Oh, oh, I, oh, I got it. Come on. We did it. We did it. Ah, we did, didn't we? All right. What's next? Next, I lift Ira into the barrel. Then we load it up with all our Shabbat supplies. First, all the challah. Then maybe some bowls, baking sheets, a couple more of these gigantic wooden spoons, and some extra raw dough. Extra dough? You never know what you might need. Now squeeze to the side, son. Make room for me. Okay, one more thing. Rita, get your tuchus in here. Oh, I mean, maybe I should just stay here in case, in case anyone shows up. And, and miss the rest of the story? Not a chance. Climb aboard. All right, let's see. Um, I'm just gonna squeeze. Oh, just, and so. Jacob and Oof and Ira and and me find ourselves afloat in the middle of the flooded town square in a barrel filled with bread. Now there's a sentence I never thought I'd say. Um, Dad, there aren't any oars. What did you think the gigantic wooden spoons were for? Row, row, row your, your barrel gently down the town. Merrily, 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 holla before sundown. It isn't easy work, but Jacob and Ira row us through the murky floodwaters, slowly but surely. Finally, we reach a house where the water's just up to the windows. Where are we now, Jacob? The Berkowitzes live here. Get closer. Let's knock on their window. Okay. Jacob's Bakery here, special Shabbat delivery. Jacob, Ira, Rita, what are you three doing out there in this mess? Saving Shabbat, of course. One classic egg, egg holla coming, coming up. up. Dad, I knew that. So you're saying that you're rowing through town in a barrel, handing out halot? That's a very succinct summary of our plan, yes. <laughs> Well, you're crazy, but you make a darn delicious challah. <laughs> Shabbat wouldn't have been the same without it. Be careful, and thank you. You're more than welcome. Onward to the next house. As Jacob and Ira, and me, slowly row away, Mr. Berkowitz considers their Shabbat-saving hmm. project. I wonder if our neighbors have enough matzo ball soup on hand. We'd better keep going. The Zimmer's house is next. If it starts to rain again, we'll need to find a safe place fast. Ira and Jacob make their way to the next house, where the Zimmers peer out their windows with concern. Never fear! We're here to save Shabbat with the two-egg halout you ordered! Halout? Oh, right. With all this rain, I honestly forgot that. Our ceiling just started leaking. If it gets much worse, we'll be knee-deep in water by sundown. Oh, no! Soggy hello! Soggy everything. Maybe we can help. Let me get closer to your window. Here are your halout, and take some extra dough we brought. You have unbaked bread dough in your barrel? Well, sure. When you say it that way, it sounds nuts. I figured it might come in handy. 
Try using it to patch your ceiling for now. It should hold until you get someone to fix it. I'll try anything. Thanks, Jacob. Shabbat shalom to you all. If there's anything I can do to help, please let me know. I'm sure you'll think of something. Enjoy the hull out. Now, right over here are the Lewises. Ah, they've spotted us. Hello there, Mrs. Lewis. We have your raisin holla, extra raisins. That's wonderful, Jacob, but our living room is completely flooded. Hmm. What if we take I have some an idea. of these big mixing bowls? Take some bowls. of these big mixing bowls and use them to bail yourselves out. You'll be dry as a bone in time for Shabbat dinner. Ugh, I was going to say that. That's actually pretty brilliant. Thank you, Jacob. And we appreciate what you're doing. It's just not Shabbat without a raisin challah from your bakery. Glad to hear it. We've got to keep moving. The sun will set before we know it. Hmm. That gives me an idea. You're looking a little glum, Ira. We're saving Shabbat here. Why the long face? <sighs> Dad, you never trust me to do anything. Well, you're just 10 years old, son. That doesn't mean I don't have good ideas, too. Or that I don't know how cinnamony to make Mrs. Leibowitz's holla. We have a lot more people to help, Ira. We'll have to talk about this later. Speaking of Mrs. Leibowitz, her house is up next. Looks like we can get right up to her door. Mrs. Leibowitz, we're here with your hello. Jacob, Ira. Oh, I could really use your help. Water is seeping under the door faster than I can bail it out. Well, we could... Uh, let me think here. The gap between your door and the ground is pretty thin. I think I can wedge a baking sheet in there to block the water from coming in. Close the door and let me give it a go. I'll try anything. <laughs> Amazing! It worked! Thank you, Ira. You've got a smart young man there, Jacob. And thanks for the holla, too. Oh, it looks like it's the perfect amount of cinnamony. Anytime! Mm. See you next week. Rita, it's nice to see you're enjoying your stay in Rosgard. Thanks, Mrs. Leibowitz. Shabbat shalom. How nice of them to make sure our Shabbat wasn't ruined. I wonder if our neighbor's Shabbat candles are still dry. Excuse me, Rita. Can you give Ira and me a little space? Oh, oh, sure. I'll just scooch over to this side of the barrel and, um... Son, uh, I'm sorry. You're right. I should trust you more. With the bakery and just in general. You do have good ideas. Great ideas. This boat was a stroke of genius. From now on, I promise to listen more and interrupt less. Thanks, Dad. I... Whoa, look out! Sorry! Out of seemingly nowhere, a wall of water rushes towards them. I mean, us. Ah! We maneuver as best we can, but remember, we just have those gigantic spoons to steer with. Dad, I'm scared. We'll be okay! We just have to get through past the town square! Hold on! The barrel gets tossed this oh way. Oh my god! Ah. Oh no! And gets tossed that way. Whoa! <laughs> Help! And the next rush of water knocks our barrel over entirely, leaving Ira and Jacob and me treading water and gasping for air. Our barrel! 
It's floating away. The hell out! It's floating away! And of course I didn't think to bring a change of clothes from the future. Ugh. Somebody, help! Wait, I see something. Someone, it's, it's the Fine family in a bathtub. Mr. and Mrs. Fine, help us, please. Are you okay? Quick, let us help you into our tub. The rest of our hello washed away. There goes Shabbat. It's ruined. Ruined? Nonsense. We heard about what you were doing. The whole neighborhood did. And everyone wanted to help. So we all got in boats or bathtubs or whatever we could find and followed your lead. We tried to deliver Shabbat goodies to our neighbors. Unfortunately, nobody's home to receive the gifts. Everyone's on the water trying to share. You look awfully happy about it. Well, the flooding also forced my mother-in-law to cancel her visit. Andrew! Sorry, dear. We have oodles of roasted potatoes and no one to share them with. What are we going to do with all of these? You know, that gives me an idea. I actually have an idea, too. Why don't you go ahead, son? How about we gather all the boats and head back to the bakery? We still have some dry hollow inside. Sounds like a good plan to me. Me too, Ira. That is a great plan. And so the full, fine family bathtub paddles toward Jacob's Bakery, herding all their neighbors' rafts and makeshift boats along the way. By the time we reach the bakery, the entire town is floating outside, and a brilliant rainbow stretches across the sunset. This is perfect. Now we can all have Shabbat dinner together. We'll just have to be careful about passing things over the water. I've got my famous matzo ball soup. I made enough chicken for everyone. And we have plenty of candles to light. We can all share our halot. Maybe we should start a halot delivery service. Rain or shine. Great idea, son. I like the way you think. Oh, look. Even my mother made it. <sighs> and for dessert... Babka! Shabbat Shalom, friends! Shabbat, 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 Shabbat Shalom! By the next day, the floodwaters recede and life goes back to normal in Rosgart. After that night, the townspeople eat a shared Shabbat dinner together each Friday night at a long table set up in front of Jacob's Bakery. In honor of the flood that brought them together, Jacob and Ira bake a special braided rainbow challah for every Shabbat dinner. Naturally, it was Ira's idea. Celebrating Shabbat is so important, and we can all do it in our own personal styles. When we can celebrate in a way that also helps our neighbors, well, that's even better. Did you know that great stories come from all sorts of places? The story I just shared the Shabbat flood, was actually inspired by something that really happened. Sure, we added some silly stuff, but one time a flood really did inspire the town baker to deliver his halot by boat so that everyone's Shabbat would be perfect. Have you got a story for us? Row on over to gotastorypodcast.com and let us know. Do you have anyone in your life who you're so close with, it feels like the two of you share a brain? 
Well, today's story features two sisters who share a lot of things. They definitely feel like they share a brain, even when it makes them lose their mind. This story takes place on the 18th floor of an 18-story apartment building. That's where you'll find sisters Amy and Emily. Growing up, Amy and Emily did just about everything together. They went to the same school, they were co-captains of their soccer team, they even played the same instrument in band. The coolest instrument, of course, the oboe. Now that they're all grown up, Amy and Emily are still inseparable. In fact, their apartments are right next to each other. Hey, want to come hang out? Sure. Let me put my work stuff down and I'll be over in a minute. Yay! Amy and Emily look almost exactly alike. They even dress alike, although Amy prefers pants while Emily usually wears skirts. But only if it has pockets. A skirt without pockets is like you might as well just wear a towel. Duly noted. Where was I? Oh yeah, they look alike. Even Amy and Emily's apartments look alike, at least from the outside. Their doors are side by side with the same purple mezuzah and the same decorative sign that says, "Welcome. Come in. Sit down. You must be starving." From the outside, the only difference is the apartment numbers on their doors. But once you go inside, you're able to see how Amy and Emily are really different. Emily has plants and flowers in almost every corner of her apartment. There are orchids and aloe plants, ferns, herbs, even a cactus or two. She also has two dogs, three cats, a guinea pig, a talking cockatiel named Harvey. Hello. Hello, Harvey. <laughs> and a gerbil. His name is Augustus. Emily's apartment is crowded from floor to ceiling and very, very noisy, and she wouldn't have it any other way. Amy's apartment, on the other hand, is almost empty. There are no plants, no animals, and almost no decorations to collect dust. It's not that Amy doesn't want to have all those things; it's just that she has allergies. <gasps> Gesundheit. It's been like this ever since they were little girls. The zoo made her wheeze louder than the sleeping rhinos, and when they played at the park, Amy, catch! <gasps> Ow! Hey, watch it! Sorry. The pet store. Circus, botanical gardens, the dusty old. <gasps> oh, sorry. Moving on. She's tried the medicines, the treatments, the allergy shots. She's even tried wearing a breathing mask, but it's no use. Nothing helps. Amy's allergies always get in the way. When Shabbat arrives on Friday nights, the two sisters gather together to relax and talk about their week. They light the candles, sip some grape juice, and share a loaf of challah. Thank goodness I don't have food allergies. I love challah. They sing the blessings in perfect harmony and enjoy a delicious meal together. But they always gather in Amy's apartment week after week because Emily's apartment makes Amy sneeze and wheeze so much the candles would go out. The only pet who comes to Amy's house is Harvey, since he doesn't have fur, only feathers. Shabbat shalom. Ah, it's Shabbat. Gotta go to Amy's. It's Shabbat. One night, Amy couldn't sleep. She was lying awake in bed, thinking about her sister. Poor Emily. She never gets to enjoy Shabbat in her own home. Amy tossed and turned, and then suddenly sat up in bed with an idea. That's it. I'll sneak a challah into Emily's kitchen so she can enjoy some challah at home. 
Amy tiptoed into her dark kitchen, where she had a fresh hollow waiting on the counter. Then she took some allergy medicine, just in case, tucked the hollow under her arm, and snuck into Emily's apartment. She held her breath so she wouldn't sneeze, tiptoed over the sleeping cats, snuck some treats to the dogs so they wouldn't bark, and made sure Harvey's cage was covered so he would stay asleep. Then she left the yummy bread on the kitchen counter. She snuck stealthily back across the apartment, over the dogs, the cats, past the guinea pig cage, and narrowly avoided getting bumped by the gerbil who was out for a spin in his exercise ball. Watch it, Augustus. She closed the door and took a deep breath in the hallway. (sighs) Then she crept quietly back to her own apartment, got into bed, and smiled. (sighs) There. Now I feel better. (sighs) Totally worth it. Even later that night, her sister Emily woke up with a nagging feeling. Poor Amy. She always has to host Shabbat dinner. She must get tired of staying in, cooking, and baking for me. Cleaning up afterwards? Hmm. Emily tossed and turned so much she bumped her cat, Quetzal, off the bed. She sat up. I've got it. I'll sneak Achala into her kitchen so that she doesn't have to make it herself. Emily went to her dark kitchen to get the challah out of her cabinet, but was surprised to see one resting on the counter. Hmm. I don't remember leaving this here. Whoops! Augustus Gerbilis, what are you doing up? Careful, bud. Emily tucked the challah under her arm and snuck into Amy's apartment, where she left the challah on the kitchen counter. There, that's right. Emily returned to her own apartment, snuggled back into bed between Quetzal and her second biggest dog, Larry, and fell back to sleep. (sighs) The next morning, Amy got up to make herself a coffee in her quiet, empty kitchen. But when she got there, she stopped and stared at the counter. There was her holla. Didn't I bring this to Emily's apartment in the middle of the night? Huh. Maybe I dreamed it. (gasps) Why is there dog hair on my sleeve? (laughs) Oh, definitely didn't dream it. (laughs) Meanwhile, Emily was standing in her noisy, crowded kitchen, staring at the holla that was still in her cabinet, thinking the very same thoughts. I could have sworn I brought this challah to Amy's apartment. Maybe that was just a dream. He's a challah! Here you go. The next night at 1 a.m., Amy once again snuck into Emily's dark, crowded apartment. Oh, hey, everybody. While Emily and Amy are sneaking back and forth into each other's apartments, I wanted to pop in to remind you that we have a website, gotastorypodcast.com. You'll find all of our episodes there, plus book recommendations and fun facts about our story. Like, did you know that the same folktale that inspired this story was also the basis for the PJ Library book, Yaffa and Fatima Shalom Salam by Fatsia Galani Williams? What's interesting is that no one knows who wrote the original folktale or where it came from but you'll often hear versions with two brothers. Some people retelling the story will add that the spot where the two siblings met in the middle of the night became the location of the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. Surprising, right? Okay, gotta get back to the story. (laughs) Remember, 
gotastorypodcast.com. She held her breath so she wouldn't sneeze. <gasps> Carefully rolled Augustus out of the way and tiptoed over all the sleeping dogs. The cats were in the bedroom with Emily this time. Amy left a nice bottle of grape juice on the kitchen counter. She hurried back to her own apartment, took some allergy medicine, and settled back into bed. Next door, it was Emily who slid out of her bed, doing her best not to disturb the cats. She had left a bottle of grape juice on her dresser for this plan, so she grabbed it and headed out. Whoa, watch out, Augustus. And carefully snuck out the door. She used her key to let herself into Amy's apartment, where she left the grape juice displayed on the counter. Then she tiptoed back home and went to bed. The next morning, the sisters got up, each walked into their own kitchen, and each found a bottle of grape juice on the counter. Amy was confused. <laughs> okay, now this just doesn't make a lick of sense. Achoo! Emily was baffled. What is going on? Not now, Harvey. That night, both sisters were determined to try again. Amy got up in the middle of the night and took a great big container of cholent, Emily's favorite type of stew, out of the fridge. I'll just get out the slow cooker, set this up over at Emily's, and she'll have quite a surprise for lunch tomorrow. At that very same moment, Emily was sneaking into the hallway holding a big roasted chicken wrapped in foil. This is Amy's all-time favorite. I'll just slide this right into the fridge so she'll have it for dinner tomorrow. Huh. Gotta put this chicken down somewhere so I can get my keys. But just then, Amy's door opened. Emily, what are you doing? Is that a roast chicken? Well, I could ask you the same thing. And it's the middle of the night. Where are you going with a slow cooker? And is that... Wait... Is that a big bowl of cholent? <laughs> yeah, extra veggies, just like Grandma Mimi used to make. I was going to set it up for you as a surprise. <clears throat> Whoa, almost dropped it. I was about to do the same for you, but with this chicken. Hold on, I better shut the door. Augustus is trying to roll his way out. Want to come inside for a bit? We can put our chicken and cholent in the fridge and save them for tomorrow. Emily and Amy stayed up all night, laughing, eating cookies, and watching their favorite movies from when they were kids. Go after her, Mama Bird. Don't let Fifi go. She has to, Em. Fifi's the only one who can save the forest. In the morning, they made extra cheesy omelets and had a really nice breakfast together. They talked about both of their attempts to surprise each other. My generous sister. How can you give so much to me when you already give up so much, leaving your pets behind on Shabbat week after week? No, you are the generous one. How can you give more food to me when you already feed me a full Shabbat meal week after week? We have so much to give. Perhaps we can share our challah with people who don't already have a loaf sitting on their own kitchen counter. And we certainly have more grape juice and roast chicken than two people can eat together. So the sisters began a new tradition. Once a week, they'd cook a huge amount of delicious food. They'd bring almost all of it to their local soup kitchen. They'd help serve it to anyone who came needing a hot meal and often stay to have dinner with the new friends they made. And they still spend every Shabbat together, lighting candles, sipping grape juice, and breaking off bits of challah to share. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Here you go, Harvey. 
the last bit of challah is for you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Have I Got a Story for You from PJ Library. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Can you think of a time when you gave something to someone else without expecting anything in return? And can you think of a time when someone else was that generous to you? Giving and getting both feel really good. So if we all do more giving, there'll be more getting in the world too. We had a story for you, but do you have a story for us? Send a voice memo in at gotastorypodcast.com. You might be featured in an upcoming episode. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.